What's going on, soccer fans, and welcome to the number one soccer-specific podcast in Northern California, the Sacktown FC Podcast. Sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Check them out at roughneckscarves.com and raise your game today. My name is John, and as usual, I am joined by my co-host and co-founder of the Sacktown FC Podcast and Network, Luis. Luis, how goes it this evening? Yeah, I'm doing good here, man. Uh, we just actually just found out that Portland became champion of the MLS's back up. Quite a shocker. I don't know about you, John, but I didn't have them as winning it. I didn't even have them, I think, as making it to semifinals. But good for them. Uh, you know, good, good for the people down there in Portland that are going to be seeing uh, Champions League play next year, hopefully, unless that gets rescheduled too. But, but you know, I think it's, it's good for, for the fan base down there. You know, they have a really great um, group there. So, but yeah, yeah, no. And I guess, you know, still, still a bit sad, even though we did win on Saturday and we are going to be talking about that here shortly. But, you know, I, I, if you guys saw our, our live stream, you know, we, we were sad in that we were expecting to see more goals. And, uh, you know, that's just simply because our other two group rivals were able to, to score four goals and, this puts us back a little bit in goal differential, and that might be what determines uh, who gets to go to the playoffs and who doesn't get to go. So, you know, it, it could be important at the end. How are you doing? Not too bad. School starts, uh, you know, this week, uh, Wednesday for, for my district at least, and distance learning is going to be new. So we'll see. It's going to be a different time for everybody, parents, kids, teachers, administrators. It's going to be crazy for for a while to get things sorted out a lot of bugs to be fixed bandwidth on computers at school only have so much bandwidth right so hopefully everything turns out okay and and we can be successful doing this because it may be uh, much longer than a lot of people uh, predict i see this happen uh this distance learning going on a lot longer than into the winter but regardless uh we're here we're able to do shows we're able to watch soccer uh from a distance, unlike MLS, who's talking about bringing the sport back to fans. And that's crazy. Um, and hopefully at some point we as a country have to get some stuff together and make sure that we've protected people. Cause last time I checked New Zealand, uh, doesn't have any cases and other places are, are playing in front of fans without any repercussions of COVID. So who knows this podcast is powered by reboot. Reboot is a nonprofit organization whose sole purpose is to help more kids play soccer while at the same time creating opportunities to practice generosity, empathy, and leadership. Check them out at reboot.soccer where you can find out more ways to be part of the program and help reboot your community today. Find them on Twitter and Instagram at you can reboot. And like I said, originally online at reboot.soccer. Luis, what do we got going on today's show? So today, you know, we're going to take a look at our uh, game last Saturday at Portland, our uh, 1-0 win uh, over the Timbers 2 with a crazy own goal uh, by the Timbers 2 goalkeeper that we all thought it was Cameron's 50th goal. Sadly, wasn't, but hopefully it comes here soon. And we're also going to look ahead at the match that is going on tomorrow or today, if you're listening on Wednesday, uh, August 12th against Reno, away at Reno. So as we speak, the team is already at Reno. Uh, I did see that, you know, they were taking a, a trip down there uh, earlier today too. So I believe they should already be there at Reno getting ready for uh, yet another rivalry and a uh, really important game. I think it's going to be a really important three points that the team will definitely want to make sure that they grab because we might lose first place if we don't. So yeah, let, let, let's take a look at, at Saturday's game. You know, we were playing against uh, a team that, you know, we were talking in our previous podcast, uh, it would be a goal fest is what we were predicting. Uh, I know, John, uh, you you had said, you know, it's just what the doctorate ordered, but hey, the team fell, fell back, fell back from what we were expecting. And despite getting the win, which, you know, I get it. It's a win. We get three points. It's It's good. You know, we... We we all like to win, of course, or whatever the result may be. But under these circumstances, playing against a team that has seen 
their opponents in the group score a lot. In fact, the, our other two opponents in the group have scored four goals against them. Uh, it, it just uh, it makes you as a fan think that more could have been done, especially if you watch the game. Uh, we, again, had more opportunities than our rival, but the players just, you know, just weren't able to capitalize on those opportunities. And, in fact, I would say T2 actually had some opportunities to score. And had they scored, this game, I think, would have likely ended up with a tie. Um, but, but what were your thoughts on on this uh, 1-0 win? Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the standings, right, three points, it's a great win. Visually, it's it's a great win because it puts you higher, gets you more points towards the top of that table. Mentally, I don't think you can take it as a win. I, I think a lot of the guys expected to walk into that game. They, you know, we talked about. It. I think they that was one they may have had marked on the calendar as an opportunity to, and we've used the word swagger back, right? Try to get that swagger, try to get those those feet back under them, and really perform and put some goals, get some confidence in your ability to score, put them between the net. We saw eleven shots on goal. We saw two on, or sorry, eleven total shots, two of which were on target. One in the first half, one in the second half. Uh, the penalty kick was one in the second half, and that's a different story we'll talk about. The header was the other one. It's concerning. It's very concerning. I, you know, I expected better. I expected more, and I'm not a coach. I'm just a fan. I'm just a, a pundit. But when you see what other teams have, have done and how they've picked Portland apart, there's a recipe for success. Watch what Portland did. Watch what Tacoma did. Watch what Phoenix did. Build on that. Do it better. Put four, put five in the net. Yeah, you might give up one by being you know, offensive-minded. This kind of goes back to my sentiment, or not my sentiment, but coach's sentiment when he talked about being physical and, and taking out a 1-0 win against Reno. Well, you did the same thing in this game, but you didn't look pressing. It didn't look like there was... Um, it didn't look like there was much, you know, push from the guys to score in this match. They were trying to find lanes. They were trying to find avenues, break the defense down. But in the end, 11 shots on goal or 11 shots, two on target. It's just not enough. You you have to do better. Yeah. I, I mean, it's anytime you get so many shots on goal, it's uh, just it's unacceptable to just say that two of 11 shots go on target. And uh, it just goes to show that, sure, you know, we have the opportunities, but we are not able to actually shoot on target. And it makes you wonder if, if even if two or three of these shots would have probably gone on target, maybe you see a different scoreline. You know, maybe we actually do see at least a 3-0, or 4-0. But... That's the difference there. The other teams were able to capitalize on those shots and they didn't have uh, the kind of shots that we did. Uh, you know, I, I have some uh, key points here that uh, I thought um, two things that were unacceptable um, in this match too. Again, we only see two subs in this match. Last match, I did complain about there only being one sub. Again, we play another away match. Coach only decides to use two subs. Uh, in the bench, you know, you leave a player like Mario Penagos, which, you know, if, if we remember her, uh, back in the last uh, preseason friendly against the Monarchs, he had a good showing. True, he only played, I think, like 15 minutes, but the few minutes we saw him play, he, he did pretty good. This game would have been good for him. Uh, Coaches already uh, debuting another player with Chavez. And so I didn't understand why you don't give Penagos an opportunity as well. You know, if if you have him there, if you brought him with you, give him an opportunity and, you know, see how he does. Especially playing against, again, a team that a lot of teams have scored a lot of goals on. Well, this is your opportunity to give him more minutes, you know, against a, a rival like this. Another player I would also say, uh, Shannon Gomez, would have been good to have given, given him some time. 
we haven't seen him in a while. And, you know, it would have been great to have some fresh legs out on the wing. And, you know, we, we know how Shannon is. We know how he likes to run up and down the wing. Why don't you put him, you know? Like, he would have helped a lot. But, you know, it's things like that. And, and just, you know, I've said it before, we get five subs now. I don't know why the coach isn't even making sure he does at least the three subs that you would normally get. But it, it just it's just something that I just don't understand. Uh, yeah, especially playing away as well. And tomorrow I hope that we do see at least three subs because it's going to be a really demanding game. And if you don't do your three subs, Reno's going to do their three subs, may even do five subs, and they're going to have more fresh legs. And that's going to affect you. And, I mean, not to say that players in our starting 11 can't play all, all the 90 minutes, but you have to use your subs, you know? There's a reason why we have subs in the game, and you have to give them an opportunity because if you claim to, that the team has enough talent, that we have a really talented team, that you know players in the bench can easily be in the starting 11, then you need to reflect that in the game as well and give them an opportunity to play because these players do have a chance to also be in the starting 11. And I think at the same time, you have to show the players in the starting 11 that if they don't perform well, there's someone right there waiting in the bench to take over their starting 11 spot. So, you know, that that was just one thing that, you know, just... Uh, I just didn't understand once again to uh, I, I don't know if you thought the same or if you think maybe it, it was acceptable to do two subs, but what, what did you think on that? I mean, there's a reason to give you the subs to, to use them for tired players and, and kind of bring a new fresh um, body on to, to give you a little pep in your step. And he didn't use it. I mean, it's simple as that. You, you, you spoke on it and said that, you know, at one time he talked about he was, he was happy with his depth, you're only making two subs. You're only making one sub. We're going back to the San Diego game. How confident are you in your depth? How confident are you in the young guys you're bringing up? How confident are you in, you know, the players given Andrew and, and Roro were not suited up for this match. But at the same time, if you, if you think you have such a deep roster, why would you not use what's at your disposal? So there's there's a lot of... I think he's contradicting himself. I think he's put himself in a position now where he's not even sure what to do with the squad and, and where to go from here because you make those subs, maybe the game is different. You know, the, the, the way the, the team has played recently, you know, I was really excited after the win against Reno. That was... That was a sign of great things. But at the same time, where where is it now? We've seen three games since that Reno win that have been, let's go back to the LA game. That, that was a, a terrible outing. San Diego, you couldn't finish. LA, you couldn't finish. Portland, you didn't even really get the same chances. You got 11, 11 shots. And you're just some of the guys look lost or they look confused. There, there, there's just not that pep in the step. There wasn't that that thirst to score. Seemed like it was just so lackluster of an effort. But that's just me. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I would love to know what the others in the community think. You know, TBB. Do you guys see? You know, the same the same thing we're seeing. Am I seeing the game differently than everybody else? But I'm just not seeing. I'm not seeing that that fight or that expectation on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I see the same thing too. And you know, again, if people think differently, you guys could uh, let us know on social media. You know, let us know your comments. Maybe maybe we might just be blinded <laughs> in certain parts of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, another you know thing that I think reflects this too, and and. I know as I was watching the game, it wasn't too clear. I had to go uh, back and, and rewatch it. Uh, but Matt Mahoney's double yellow card at the end of the game, completely like irresponsible. 
you can't get a double yellow card that easy. You know, of course, if you kick the ball out, if the referee sees that you're trying to waste time, you know, to stop the game, uh, obviously that's an automatic yellow card. If you know that you have a yellow card, you are not supposed to be doing that. Now, if you don't have a yellow card, okay, uh, you know, I, I understand it's a part of the game. You know, you're probably just trying to like just, you know, uh, uh, waste some time here and there. But if you have a yellow card, once you do that, you can automatically assume it's going to be a double yellow card because that is already a yellow card in most refs books. And so I retract the tweet that I did saying that that wasn't acceptable. That was acceptable. After rewatching it, I saw that. Sadly, they didn't do a replay in the actual uh, broadcast. But it, it, you know, I, I think it goes back to reflect what you were saying. Something's wrong with the team. They don't have that mentality. And for you to do something like this, I think reflects what's been going on. And you know, we hadn't gotten a win since that game against Reno. It had been it had been a little bit. Now I'm not saying it had been like really a long time since that win, but I think it's showing us that if a player does this against a team that we should have like ended the game with no worries, no, no one wasting time because it should have been like a three nil or four nil, you know, an easy game where you know pretty much referee doesn't even give a lot of extra time because it's already uh, defined to see our player do that against a team like this. It just, it's mind-boggling, you know? Uh, and and I think even if it were a different game, even if we were looking at a game against Reno, still the fact that you do that, you uh, leave your team with a one less player. We still, there was still a couple of minutes left in the game. Uh, T2 had a, a last opportunity with that um, free kick that they had, which fortunately they did not score, you know, in that free kick. Uh, I was a little bit worried that they would, uh, being that, you know, we were down one, but it, it, it just, it was just something that was not right. I was surprised coming from Matt. He's shown us different things and, and just the fact that he does this, that he does a mistake as if, you know, he were like a, a new player starting out playing this for a season. Uh, it's just, I just don't understand, you know, like I feel like he's, he's more of a professional. He has a different, you know, mentality, but I don't know what happened to him in this game, but it might be to what you were saying. There's just something else there with the players. Yeah. You know, and who knows we've, we've heard from, you know, Peter mentioned some uh, backroom issues, right. Then maybe there's something going on that we don't know about. Hopefully, not, but you never know. You never know what's going on in, in players' head, heads between the ears, right? So, you know, I, I also want to give a shout-out. You know, after the Mahoney uh, double yellow, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Cameron Knowles, the head coach of the Portland Timbers. It's not often that you see a coach in the during the regular season, you know, with three points or, or two points on the line, essentially, um, call up their goalie for set pieces and he both time, I think on two of those set pieces, he called up leaker to kind of get in the mix and get in the box. And you don't see that very often. That's kind of a strategy that, you know, most teams don't use during the regular season. They'll do it during the postseason. But when you're, when you're fighting and you're scrapping during the regular season, trying to get points, trying to get to that level in that playoff, you know, you should, and, and kudos to, to Knowles for doing that. I think that was, a great call, a great coaching decision. But um, on our side, I, I just hope I hope we get it together. We're not going to have uh, Matt on this uh, for the Reno game, which could hurt, depending on the depth. There's, you know, Ash stayed behind. Uh, Roro is recovering. Uh, Andrew is recovering. Hopefully they're able to suit up. But our depth was very thin this match. So, you know, hopefully something changes and, and Reno uh, going there these guys have a uh, chip on their shoulder and want to be successful. So we'll see. Yeah. If there's some positive things so that we can actually take out from this match though, uh, not to, not to maintain everything all negative, um, you know, aside from the win to uh, shout out to Julian Chavez, you know, for his debut, 18 year old, you know, uh, came from our Academy, uh, 
has a really good academy record. Uh, he joined the academy in 2016, and you know he scored 37 goals in 93 games. And last season, he was able to do uh, six goals in 12 games, which is pretty good, especially you know since he's a midfielder. Uh, so I think it, it was great to, to see him given that opportunity there. Uh, and also, uh, Rafi getting those two clean sheets and whatnot. And, and true, you know, he hasn't actually had the opportunity to play against Reno, which, you know, we'll see tomorrow if uh, he still maintains that uh, ability, you know. And then I think he's going to be tested a lot more. Uh, but I guess my question is, like, is, is he going to leave Grimwitz on the bench or... Do you think when Greenwiz is at 100, he'll come back and take over that starting 11 spot? You go with the hot hand. I mean, Rafi's playing well. He's holding his own back there. He's controlled the defense. You've seen you know, two clean sheets in a row without much of a sniff of on goal. I mean, the other the game against San Diego and Portland haven't been that many opportunities for them to score he's done a really good job of controlling that back line. And, you know, once Adam gets back to health, he has to fight. He has to win that position back. He's got to show that he's capable of watching his near posts. He's got to be capable of showing that he can control the, the defensive line and, and the, the midfield for, for the most part, because he sees the field more than anybody else in terms of his, their vision. Goalkeepers have a better advantage point. They can see things happening. Essentially, being a coach on the field is important, and I think Rafi has done a very good job of that. And he should remain the number one until otherwise, until proven differently. So we'll see. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, I, I agree too. If if you know he's had better games than uh, Greenwood has, then I don't see why he would lose that. I mean, he's gained it. Uh, uh, while he's, you know, playing. And so I think he should keep it. But my biggest question, you know, as I was seeing the team publish uh, starting 11 and, you know, who was going to be in the bench was why was it decided to have Greenwood in the bench knowing that he's not at 100? Because, you know, you never know. It's true goalkeepers don't typically get injured, but had that happened here with this game, what would have coach done? I mean, you have to put in Grimwis, who, again, is not at 100. And to me, it doesn't make sense why you, you don't put your third goalkeeper, which, understandably, I mean, yeah, it's it's a goalkeeper from the academy. And, you know, sure, he hasn't had uh, opportunities, you know, to to play, you know, in the USL. But you have to make sure that you have a goalkeeper that is at 100 because you don't want to put a goalkeeper who is still recovering from that injury and then risk losing the game. And then you're stuck, you know, if you uh, start, you know, having a, a bad performance. And not only that, but it also hurts Greenwood's confidence, you know. Uh, and so I think he should have brought the third goalkeeper. Like, you have to have some confidence. Give him that opportunity to be in the bench, you know, to train before a match. Like, this is his opportunity to have that experience, which maybe he wouldn't have otherwise have had. Maybe at a friendly game, he would have had that opportunity, but it would have been really tough to have that in the USL. So, I mean, fortunately for us, you know, Rafi didn't get injured. Everything was good, but I just feel like, you can't do that. You can't risk a game. You can't risk losing a game by having an injured goalkeeper. Like to me, that was unacceptable. And and you know, I don't know if we're gonna see him again tomorrow on the bench, but it's something to think. You know, you don't want that. Yeah, you you need to make sure you're carrying full healthy bodies that can that can play goalie. I if I don't care if Adams a hundred percent. You still need to bring an extra just in case Rafi goes down because you don't want to risk further injury on Adam and you need to have somebody who can build up some confidence. And this would have been the perfect game to do that, right? I mean, you should have done better. You, sh- you should have scored more. I, I can't say that enough. Um, and we'll see. I mean, we-, we touched a little bit on our feelings with Cam, uh, with Podcast Mom. I don't want to get too much into that 
but you know, moving on to that point and I'll keep it short. Cameron's got to have a wake up call here soon. Um, he has to have that, that he's got to get that feeling back. Look, I, I get goals are what he lives for, but you also have to, to, to be able to play the position that you're set out to play. And he looks lost a lot of the time right now. And hopefully either a coach is willing to make a change to get him in the right position to be successful or B Cameron's willing to make the change to do what's best for the team to help out their cause while at the same time helping him. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, of course, you know, hopefully one of the two happens. I mean, we've seen Cameron have a better performance in a different position. So I don't see why you don't play him, especially since, you know, he's proven to be different in the position that he's best at. Like we have a good player. I think it's hurting him more playing in this position that he's not used to. And quite frankly, I mean, if he's not really played in this position, it's going to be tough to adjust. And I don't know if he's going to be able to adapt to it. And so I think if you're a coach, you put him in that position that he's been there. You know, you put him in that position that has made him be our all-time goal scorer, you know, and give him that confidence, you know, because he needs to have that confidence as soon as possible because the season is just flying quickly and and you, we can't have him like that because, you know, we, we see those things happen with him and the goal he thought he scored it sucks that he didn't because I think it would have helped him so much. But just the fact that, you know, it hit the post, it hits the goalkeeper in the head, kind of a strange goal, but it goes in. Uh, I, I don't think that helped him with his confidence all that much too, because it, you know, he realized that it was still a missed opportunity had the goalkeeper not been in that precise spot the goalkeeper would have gotten it you know it, it just happened to be that, luck you saw from the spot his his pk was was not well taken and maybe that had a little bit to do with uh it was that that missed opportunity in the first half was still in his head but we'll see we have another chance to to get three more points improve on our effort and do well against Reno coming up on Wednesday. But before we jump into that, let's uh, two things I want to touch on. First off, um, Hayden Sargis, congratulations. He made uh, the bench for the um, USL Team of the Week, which is an awesome recognition for him. This is the second time that he's gotten recognition for um, such feats, right, for uh, being Team of the Week. So that is a, that's a positive. But I also want to take a minute. Last night on Our Cup of Tea, uh, myself and Liz brought up an interesting question and I'd actually like your take on this, Luis. It's a poll question that's going on on Twitter right now. The poll itself um, has had 111 people uh, participating. The question that was asked was, who has the potential to have a larger impact on soccer in America? Dot, dot, dot. What are your thoughts and your options, Luis? Are Rose Lavelle, Christian Pulisic, or someone else. What are your thoughts? I actually voted Rose Lavelle. Uh, I, I remember I, I saw the the poll when you guys posted right before the show, and yeah, I mean I, I've seen some of her games, I've seen her highlights, and she is something else. Like I mean, she is bound to be you know the next superstar, the next Alex Morgan, and, and I think it's it's awesome, you know, and. Uh, I mean, Christian, you know, I I hope, you know, he, he actually ends up being, you know, like a really great player and, and a player that, you know, is, is in the history books as maybe the all-time great greatest uh, men's soccer player. But he's had some ups and downs, you know, and, and I think we'll have to see how he does, you know, in the coming years and how much opportunities he gets because, you know, he's been injured. You know, he's been the bench in other times with Chelsea this season. And I don't know, at, at times it just seems like he doesn't have as much uh, confidence in him too. Uh, I mean, he, he's had good games, but he's fallen back to the bench. And again, the injuries have just plagued him uh, so far in his career. So, you know, that, that counts a lot. And, and it's a shame because, you know, 
we could probably name a bunch of other players that have had such a career with injuries all, all the time, but had those injuries not happened, they probably would have been a much different player and they would have been uh, remembered by more people. But, you know, it, that's fortunately that's a part of the game. And, and if that happens to you, then it's, it's bad luck. But, you know, that that's what people are going to remember the most. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, she has a lot of potential and, and it's great. It's great to see, you know, another uh, like potential legendary woman soccer player coming out. Uh, especially a player that has actually played in the NWSL as well. I think it's really going to help the, the league grow a lot and, and it's going to be uh, really inspirational, I think, to all the NWSL players to see a player like her be doing great things. And, and I know last I heard Manchester City wanted to sign her to a contract. I'm not sure if that fell through or not. Yeah, no, there's, there's something going on with her ankle. That's why they ended up going with Sam Uis over Rose Lavelle. Uh, Sam Uis is now with Man City. Rose Lavelle will uh, rehab, get herself ready and right for when the NWSL returns, hopefully sooner rather than later, off of their Challenge Cup. But we'll see. Um, so for those of you who are listening, four days. you got four days. You jump on over at our Cup of Tea's uh, Twitter, uh, even our Twitter, uh, Sacktown FC, to... Uh, Put your vote in. Again, 111 votes. 65.8% of the people who have voted have said Christian Pulisic, while almost just under 30% have said Rose Lavelle, and then the rest going to someone else. So get your votes in. Got four days to do it. It's a great little conversation for uh, our cup of tea. In fact, it, uh, it started some debate yesterday. We'll see how it, uh, how it ends with the result. But that's, uh, that was a good question asked, and, and we'll – we look forward to more uh, spirited conversations as we go forward. So moving ahead now, we've got Reno coming up on Wednesday, August 12th at 7.30, My58, Australia TV, and everybody's favorite announcers on ESPN+. Plus. You can check out the game. But we go to Reno. We've already taken three points from them once this season. Can the Republic do it again without Matt Mahoney? Hopefully with Andrew Wheeler and Roro, uh, but who knows what's happening? And maybe even Ash. But um, Reno is going to be coming out looking for blood, and they want revenge. They've now lost uh, two in a row to the Republic. That's not counting the preseason loss they took. So three in a row if you take that. But for the most part, you know, I'm I'm curious to see what happens with this match. Uh, what are your thoughts going uh, first, Luis? It's definitely going to be a stronger Reno, of course, than, than we saw previously. I mean, they, they've they scored seven goals in their last three games, only received uh, two goals. And so that says a lot, you know, that that, that speaks volumes for, for a team that, you know, coming into that first game against the Republic, oh, bless you, <laughs> uh, c- coming into that first, uh, you know, game against the Republic, they didn't look as bad, you know, and, and, you know, that, that was one of the things that I had said back then that that team hadn't played since uh, March and just seeing that they had a different uh, level of play, it just surprised me, you know, because I, I thought we were going to see a, a team that you could clearly tell that they had been out of play for a while, but they proved us differently. And, and tomorrow, I mean, I'm expecting an even better team than we saw back then. And if that is the case, then Sacramento is going to have to be 100% there because if we are not 100% there, then I don't see how we come away with a victory or even a tie to that extent because this is a team that, again, they've won their last three games. They're on a roll. They, like you said, they are going to be seeking blood. Uh, they know we beat them, you know, the first game they came back. Uh, it's a rivalry game. Everyone wants to win a rivalry game always. Uh, and then to top it off, I mean, if we look at the standings, I mean, if they win, they are going to be six points away from us and eight points away from Tacoma. That might not seem like a large gap. True, it's just two games. But... Again, this season is short. 
And if you have a six-point lead, you might be well on your way to already establishing yourself as the first place in this group, which is, of course, what everyone wants to be because if you are not first place in this group, then there's a high likelihood that you are going to see Phoenix in that first game. And I can't think of any team in the USL that would want to play Phoenix as their first playoff game. And so it's, I mean, it's going to be a matter of you either win this game or, you know, again, I might be getting myself, you know, ahead of this too, but I just think it's going to be a really critical game where if we do not get the three points, maybe if we get a tie, it might still be fine. But if we lose this game, I think we will not be able to be in first place. And, you know, I wish I didn't didn't have to have that pessimistic outlook. But again, they win. They're going to have a good cushion with them. And essentially, now either you wait for them to drop points, which seems like it's going to be a bit hard considering the other two opponents you have in your group. Or you beat them in those two other games, which that puts a lot of pressure on your end to now not only beat them at home, but also beat them away. And plus, we also have to take a look at that goal differential, which again, it was one of the main reasons why uh, I was disappointed with this T2 result because Reno has a differential of uh, six right now versus our differential of just one, but they've scored 10 goals and we've only scored six goals. So it could get really complicated and that six-point lead might not be six-point lead. It might be more like a nine-point lead because if you tie it with points with them, you are not going to get that first-place spot because their goal differential is out the roof. So that's why I think it's critical to get a win. And if you can get a win by more than one goal, cool. If not, it's still great. You still you know, get a win. But you need to not only get those three points, but also help reduce that goal differential because that is your opportunity to make up for those uh, lost goals against T2. And I think that's going to be the the main key is to make sure you get those three points. And again, try and score two, three goals and let's you know lower that differential because it's only going to keep going up anytime they play against T2. And even when they play against Tacoma again, that might continue to go up uh, more so when they play against T2. So, uh, again, critical three points tomorrow. Yeah, I want to go back to um, July 15th. Right before we played Reno, Coach said he wanted a physical game. He didn't mind winning 1-0. He wanted to see the boys with some passion, with some heart, with some tenacity, and some, some fight. I want to see that tomorrow. I want to see that today. I want to see the team come out. I want to see them get physical. I want to see them body Herzog. I want to see them mentally take him out of the game because it's shown if you take him out of the game, he takes himself out. He doesn't want any part of it. He doesn't want to play physical. He wants to play finesse. He wants to run at you. He wants to work around you because other than the result they got against Portland, that 4-1 win, They've looked human. You know, we, we've, Phil said, oh, Langsdorf and Herzog are going to be awesome together. Well, they really haven't been. If you look at who's scoring for their team, it's, it's everybody but those two, it seems like, right? So we go back with the exception of the Portland game. Um, goals against Portland. Francois scored two. Riva scored one. Langsdorf scored one. Okay, you go to when they um, came to Sacramento, they got shut out. All right, you go to Reno, who scored? Brent Richards scored. Then you go back to the Reno Sounders game that just happened, the 2-1. Herzog scored on a a penalty, and Kiknovic scored as well. So, look, the the Langsdorf-Herzog combo hasn't, hasn't really done anything. Now, is this a game it gets hot? Is this a game that it that it builds on? Who knows? I'm interested to see how the team can contain Francois, though. I think Francois, if he plays well, if he pushes the envelope and he's 
he's moving up and down that wing and, and pressing you and making you into doing mistakes and creating turnovers. It's going to be a different game than what we saw uh, this two weeks ago in Sacramento. Three weeks ago in Sacramento. It's going to be, let me rephrase this. If he gets going, it's going to be a different result than it was three weeks ago in Sacramento. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We 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 saw the kind of player that he is. Uh, I mean, he's he's tough to defend against. I mean, uh, when we saw him uh, in the game at Sacramento, I mean, it seemed like this guy was something else. And and you know, true, it was they had been you know out of play for a while. So if we saw a player that had good potential there, I can only imagine tomorrow he's going to be a whole different player. Now that he's gotten some more uh, gameplay in him too, and so you know, we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow. At the same time, uh, some teams do play better when they play against the rival. Uh, I mean, we, we've seen it worldwide, you know, with a multitude of teams where you might not be doing as great, but then you play against your rival, and you know, I guess players come more inspired, or you know, there's more of that pressure to have to win the game, uh, and so they're going to need to have that pressure tomorrow, you know, and uh, a lot of things are going to have to change, uh, have to go back again to the subs. You've got to do your subs. Uh, hopefully, again, Roro is in good condition, you know, so you can actually uh, uh, see minutes in this uh, game as well. And, and hopefully our, our, our bench is, uh, is more, uh, I think, is different, you know, than what we saw with the game against T2. We're probably going to see Grimwis again in the bench, unfortunately, you know. Hopefully he's at a better level of, you know, being able to be subbed in if, if that's needed. Uh, but, you know, hopefully we see more players, you know, and, and even if it's the young players, hopefully coach gives them an opportunity to play if we actually see that there are players in the starting 11 that are not performing uh, the way that they should be uh, because, I think even though we're in a rivalry game, coach should not be afraid to sub out a player in the starting 11 if he sees that, one, maybe they're not like putting pressure on Reno, that there's a lot of clear errors happening. Uh, you don't want to keep a player, even if they were in the starting 11. They're making mistakes. I'd much rather have a player from the academy be subbed in a player who might be giving it his all because he's getting an opportunity to play. Again, we saw it with Mario Penagos and, you know, how he, you know, brought something else to the table in that game. And so I think you start doing that because, hey, I would not be mad if he starts playing more academy players if we see that those academy players are putting more pressure than some of the players in the starting 11. Because if they win a spot in that starting 11, then they deserve it. I'm sorry to those players who, like, you know, might be starting 11 players, but they have to understand that, you know, that there's more players there and, you know, you, you might get subbed out by an academy player and lose your spot. I mean, that's, that's how it is, you know, if, if you want to actually play. So hopefully, you know, th things are, are different. Hopefully we see a different Cameron Again, we hope that coach gives him that ability to play where he's best at. You got to put him there. You know, you got to, if you have to adjust the formation, adjust it. But he has to understand that, you know, like we need to have Cameron back in the position that he is best at. And against a team like Reno, we know Cameron has scored plenty of goals against Reno. Hopefully he, you know, gets his 50th in this game. And so he understands what it is to play against Reno, but you got to play him where he is best fitted at, you know? And, and so, you know, hopefully we see a different team. I, I hope we don't see the same team we saw the first uh, round against Reno, because if we see that same team that we saw uh, three weeks ago, I don't think we win this game. I don't even think we get a tie. And so we'll see what I happens hope tomorrow. I hope we're able to pull something together, to be honest, because there's a lot that's going on um, with that team, and, and they need something. They, they need more than a 1-0 win against Portland to get their spirits up. The season's getting shorter as we speak. 
the opportunities to get points are getting shorter as we speak. If you're not going to get points against your rival, who are you going to get points against? Okay, Portland, that's that's not even a given anymore. Tacoma's not even a given. You still have one game against Orange County. But the rest of the way, you've got Portland, you've got Tacoma, you've got Reno. So they've got to make up some they got to make up some ground and they got to do it quick because yeah, you you don't want that second seed. You don't. I, you know what? Hey, playoffs right now are good. Anything can happen. Lightning in a bottle. We saw it last year against Reno, but with the way the season's playing out, I and everything's kind of working, I don't want to be in that position. So tomorrow, 7:30, my 58 Australia TV and everybody's favorite TV plus ESPN. So take a look, get on. We will uh, hopefully have some kind of a, an after party, hopefully on, uh, on here to uh, discuss and, and talk over on the StreamYard or uh, Twitter or Facebook. But, you know, I, I, we need a win, and we need one again. Got to get some wins under our belt going in a row. Yeah, we, we definitely, and especially, I mean, going again, it's a rivalry game. Nobody wants to lose, not you know, or nobody wants to lose a rivalry game. It always has a different feeling when you win it, you know, versus winning against any other team. And I think more so, you know, because of that same situation we've talked about here before with Los Unicos, the way that the Reno front office is treated that situation. A better way than you know, getting a win away and not giving them the three points. I think that's the best way that you can get back at him in the field, really, you know, and, and giving that joy to Sacramento and and uh, taking those three points away from them. I feel like a win against Reno, in my opinion now, after, you know, we've heard about everything that's that's been going on there, is now worth more. I think it's it's you get more than, than just a win. If, if you're listening, uh, Danny and Los Unigos, you need to be there in that parking lot. You need to be in that parking structure with those drums for the boys, not just for the boys, but also to send, send a message, a loud message to Reno that, hey, they messed up. So hopefully you guys are able to do that. We'll find out. We'll be watching. We'll be tuning in. Hopefully you will too. We look forward to it, but we'll see. Um, check out our partner, the California Storm, now sponsored by Puma with a kit release August 13th. I'm excited. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I know I've been able to get a sneak peek, Luis, and I know the women on that team are extremely excited. We've seen Abby. Uh, happy birthday to Abby. We've seen her with her uh, new gloves with the storm colors and her uh, keeper kit, which has been awesome. We've seen flashes of the new training outfits that they've been wearing. So uh, don't miss this exciting announcement on Twitter and IG at CalStormSoccer. Um, also check them out on Facebook at California storm. You can find them online as well at calstormsoccer.com. So shout out to the California storm as they get ready to release their kit. now done by Puma starting August, uh, pay attention August 13th for that drop. It's going to be a, it's going to be a drip kit. You're going to want that. Everybody's going to want it. Uh, you know, we, we talk so much about kits and how they resemble or speak of a, a team or, of a region this is definitely that kit so check them out august 13th on their twitter again at calstorm soccer and their instagram luis we've got a website we've got a patreon we've got some scarves tell people about it yeah well website sacktonefc.com you guys can listen to all of our episodes uh since day one really too if, if you choose to listen to it on our website, uh, but you can also, of course, uh, download an app and listen to it on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, also on our website, you guys could uh, find out our section called the Soccer Pool section, where our writers, Becca and Seth, have written about all things soccer. Uh, check them out. They are going to be writing about something here shortly too, so stay tuned uh, to our social media to find out what the next topic will be. You can also find out more information about our supporters group, The Squadron, which you can actually check out on our website, or you can also check out at Patreon. If you go at patreon.com slash sacktownfc, it's a really great way to support the show while at the same time get some amazing perks that, you know, any non-members would not typically be able to get. 
such as you know getting a shout out from someone we interview on the show, uh, giving you an inside look at how we actually do the show, how we do our live shows as well, maybe also having you on the show. So really, we have different perks. There's a lot more that you guys could check out on the website and on patreon.com. And it is well worth the cost. And you also help support our shows, our podcast, and all the costs that go in producing them as well. So please check that out. And thank you for supporting us. Also on the website, you guys could find out more about our scarves, which they are now printed. You guys have probably seen us where I'm on the shows. Uh, so if you guys go on our website, it's on the homepage. You guys can find a direct link to it. Or you can go on roughneckscarves.com. Check them out. They have a tab that says other on their menu. And you can actually find our scarf on there. $24.95 gets you this amazing Sacktown FC scarf. Summer style. Perfect for this time. And also comes with a free scarf finger and free shipping as well. So please check that out. Shout out to everyone who's ordered one. It's really great to, to see you guys uh, sharing your pictures with the scarf. Uh, I know a lot of people have it hanging on their walls too. And, you know, it's, it's an amazing feeling to see other people buying a scarf that has your podcast logo. I don't know about you, John, but... I never imagined that we would actually be selling a scarf with our podcast logo and let alone to have so much support from you guys and uh, to see you guys, you know, send us pictures of them is, is really amazing. And, you know, we, we are really thankful for that as well. Yeah, we are thankful. It is great. Um, in fact, that's, you know, why we're here. We, we have a great community of people um, that support us. So thank you. Uh, so that's all we have for today's episode. And, Again, a special thanks to this community of awesome people for taking the time to join us each and every week. We started this as a hobby with a goal to give people more coverage and found ourselves growing to talk about everything in soccer. We couldn't have done it without the amazing support from each and every one of you. And to that, we say thank you and cheers. And until next time, everybody, cheers. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day or night.